We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. Welcome in, Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. The Chicago Bears' losing streak is over they snapped it on thanksgiving in a game that probably put you to sleep before you can even have some turkey because it was a god-awful game between the chicago bears and detroit lions and now the test gets a little tougher for matt Nagy's team i'm one of your hosts zach pearson we're going to discuss that and everything else going on with the bears on this episode and before we do that though let's bring in my co-host aaron lemming Aaron, first off, I hope you had a great holiday weekend, um, a relaxing one without having to watch the Bears on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, man, what a game that was on Thursday. It just, it was God awful. Yeah, what a game is one way to put it. That's for sure. I mean, I, I don't think anybody objectively went into that game thinking it was going to be a good game, but I think that it may have uh, been worse than most people had expected it to be. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's. It, I, I think that was kind of the ultimate litmus test for the Bears, though, to show that, you know, they, they go out the week before and they lose to a backup quarterback who had never started a game and thrown 16 NFL passes before that start. And then they come in to, you know, go into Detroit in a game where the Lions are just terrible, man. I mean, they, they haven't won a game this season. And it takes a last second field goal to beat him. And it, it's just, I, I think that just kind of goes to show where this team is at. And like you pointed out earlier, um, you know, it, we're in a spot right now watching this team over the last six games where there's not very many winnable games, if any, you know, or I shouldn't say there's not any favorable games, if any. Um, there's definitely a, a winnable game or two still left on the schedule with the Giants and the Seahawks and maybe one of those Vikings games. But I mean, when you're looking at the schedule these next two weeks, you have the Arizona Cardinals this weekend uh, who are coming off a bye and are nine and two or yeah, I think it's nine and two. And then you also have the Green Bay Packers who are eight and three and they'll be coming off a bye week as well. And then you have a Monday night game against the Minnesota Vikings who have literally hung in every single game this year and could very easily be a seven or eight win team right now. Um, So it's just the Bears have the work cut out for them. And like I said, I think a lot of this comes down to just the fact that we've seen where this team's at. And if you saw the injury report today, 
there's a lot of guys missing. Roquan Smith is, you know, still, or he, it looks like he's probably not going to play. I mean, he was, he, he wasn't out and they're, they're talking about the fact that they don't think they're going to have to put him on injured reserve, which tells me he's probably not going to be available this week. Akeem Hicks still isn't practicing. Allen Robinson still isn't practicing. Like outside of just the talent disparity that you're seeing on the field, and the poorly coached team, there's also a lot of injuries that this team has. And it's just like, man, it's just, you just have to hope these next six weeks go. Okay. We get to see a, you know, a good amount of Justin Fields and, you know, hopefully he plays well and we have something to hang our hats on going into a long and what should be a pretty interesting off season. Yeah. And you know, the biggest storyline is obviously Justin Fields and Andy Dalton moving forward. Um, you know, Fields limited at practice today and, I think, you know, we'll know his status Friday, but knowing the bears, I think he's going to be a questionable designation and they'll kind of decide, you know, a game time decision or something like that. Um, I don't know. It's kind of tricky though, because you really want to see Justin Fields and you want to see what he's got. This is one of the better teams in, you know, not only the NFC, but in the NFL, how can he compete against them? What can he bring to the table against the Cardinals? Be kind of a good measuring stick here for him in, in his rookie season. But at the same time, you kind of don't want to rush him out there too much. And I think, you know, if his ribs aren't fully healed to the point where, you know, I don't think they'll be fully healed until the end of the year, but if they're not healed enough to the point where he can play and it's not hindering him, maybe you wait until the Sunday night game against green Bay, but either way, man, it's just, it's a tough schedule, you know, Cardinals, Packers, Vikings, two of those games in prime time. And, you know, maybe that's enough where if they lose those three in a row and, and two of those in prime time get kind of ugly, you know, maybe we see a move, you know, made by then because that's what week is that week what 15, 16 is that uh Vikings game, and there's only a couple of weeks left in the season. So things could kind of uh, uh be at the point where the Bears want to use it, you know, take advantage of those two weeks so they can interview coordinator coordinators or coaching candidates at the end of the year um for their head coaching job. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. But well, I, just to just to expand on that just a minute yep. though. I think the only, I think that's kind of the other interesting thing though. And maybe that will tell us where Ryan Pace's job status is because how much benefit do the bears get out of firing Matt Nagy and let's say week, what, 16, week 15, week 16, if they don't know their general manager status. Yeah. That's the other thing to keep in mind. I mean, you know, if they do, I mean, I guess if you look at this way, if they do fire Matt Nagy, start interviewing candidates, I take that as Ryan Pace is going to be safe. Um, if they don't fire Matt Nagy and wait till the end of the year to kind of make their decisions, I kind of take that as Ryan Pace is more not safe, but with a chance to come back, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I mean, that is a good point because you can't kind of have Ryan Pace just hanging out there, um, firing your coach and, and having him interview, you know, potential candidates, unless he's safe, that, that just wouldn't make much sense. Um, on that topic again, though, I mean, last week you and I talked about it, that report that came out. I mean, I, I, it's pretty safe to say now um, it's not true. Um, he came out and, and with a statement pretty much saying that, it, you know, his source got a misinformed or misinformation, something like that. But yeah, you know, I, I tend to believe though, that if, if Matt Nagy lost that game on Thursday, he was going to be toast anyway. Um, but, you know, if he won, I, I didn't think there made much sense to fire him because he could have just done that last Monday. So, yeah, I mean, that's another thing that we have to keep an eye on is, is what Matt Nagy's job status is. And, and in my eyes, and I'm sure you agree with me, I think he's pretty much done. It would take him winning out, essentially getting a playoff spot and not only, you know, making the playoffs, but winning a playoff game, 
winning two, you know, and, and making a run here at the end of the year. And I, I just don't think that's going to happen. I just, I, yeah. And I, I'm right there with you. I don't think it, it, it just, it can't. I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's possible. I mean, we, we just watched the bears take the lions down to the wire and win on a last second field goal against a winless lions team. And the week before they lost against a backup quarterback. And the week before that, you know, before the bye, it's like they lost to a Steelers team that hasn't really looked that good this year for the most part. So yeah, I, I mean, again, I, and this is kind of something I was telling people a few weeks back. It's like, you know, everybody's freaking out. Well, what happens if Matt Nagy goes on a run, then he's going to save his job. It's like, no, the, the deed is done. Like the decision has been made. I don't think there's any way, shape or form that Ryan or that the Matt Nagy can save his job at this point, because I mean, just look at the remainder of their schedule. I mean, they have, I think you can argue they have four tough games out of their last six games. Those two games against Minnesota, Green Bay and Arizona, like you pointed out a little bit earlier, um, you know, what can really change this thing in a hurry in terms of, you know, Matt Nagy being safe until the end of the year, keeping his job and, you know, keeping his job until the end of the year and being able to coach out the rest of the season is one or two blowout losses in prime time. And I mean, it's the Matt Nagy when he's, I think it's the, the number over the last like two or three years is when he, when his team is, uh, underdogs by more than I think it's four points uh his record is one and 19 now I think and I could be I could be a little off on that I know it's one win it's either 18 or 19 losses and the Bears are you know the opening line was they were they were eight point underdogs at home to the Arizona Cardinals and that's not going to be much different on the road against the Packers so you know there is and that's kind of the thing is like, you know, some people are kind of like well, what what happens if this job if this win you know puts them on a streak or it's not going to happen. It's just, it's, they were at that point in the season where I think you can look around and I think you can identify a few worse teams than the bears. But when you look at the bears schedule right now, they have the, you know, the New York giants and the Seattle Seahawks are the only two teams that look like winnable games and maybe one against Minnesota. Cause it seems like regardless of how good or bad Minnesota is and how good or bad the bears are, they seem to do pretty well against Minnesota, but I mean, let's just hypothetically say even three and three that gets you to seven and 10, that's still not going to be good enough. I think more realistically, they're going to end up finishing this, this stretch out probably two and four. There's going to be a few blowout losses in there. I do think unless something crazy happens. And I mean, again, it's completely possible because after this Cardinals game, which could very easily be a blowout, I'm not saying it will, but it could be, you have the, you know, you have the Packers game on Sunday night football and you have the the Vikings game on Monday night football. So, you know, if they get blown out in back-to-back weeks on national television and they're four and 11 and Matt Nagy and this organization can no longer um, sell this hope of, well, we're one game out of the playoff, then I think that definitely changes the tone. And then you have to start looking at things differently. I think the other thing to kind of keep in mind with Nagy's job status right now is, uh, you know, it, and I'm not saying I support it, um, but, you know, the, the fire Nagy chance, you know, whether it's at Soldier Field, whether it's at, um, you know, Bulls games, whether it's at college games, like it doesn't really matter at this point. I mean, really the public perception and the public pressure is going to be so much that Matt Nagy is going to be gone. I think really the biggest question that we're going to have to see answered over this next, you know, six weeks worth of games is whether or not Ryan Pace is safe. And I think depending on who you talk to, I think the, the, the answer is a little bit different. I know Jason Lockenfora, who's been extremely unreliable with Bears news and just NFL news over, you know, probably the last, what, five, six years. 
has said that he's likely on his way out. Jonathan Jones of CBS as well has also said that, um, you know, but then you have other sources that are saying stuff like, you know, I think it was Hub was basically, Hub Arkush was saying that, you know, he's, you know, Ryan Pace is not tied to Matt Nagy. I think that right now, I, I think Pace should be fired. And I, 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 you know, I know people have arguments against it and they think that he's done well enough in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, the draft and everything else. But I just, I don't know, man, I just, I don't, I, I just, I, I think if you look at this, the seven seasons that he's been here, you had three rebuilding years. You had the one year where, you know, they finally got out of the rebuild. They went 12 and four, they got in the playoffs, they lost. Okay, fine. They come back the next year, they go eight and eight. Okay. You know, it's a down year, whatever. They come back, they go eight and eight again. They look arguably worse than they did the year before they back into the playoffs they get blown out in the playoffs it, I mean, when you look at it through a seven-year period, if there's only two playoff appearances or two playoff seasons and both of those were playoff losses in the first round and the rest of those seasons were either you know at or below 500, I don't know how you can look at the cap situation, how you can objectively look at this roster and look at the results of Ryan Pace over the last seven years and say that he's still fit to do this job. Now, with that being said... I think the one thing is, is that we can't underestimate the relationship that Ryan Pace has with ownership right now. And I think that's going to be interesting, you know, not only his relationship with ownership on a personal level, but also, you know, his involvement with the Hallis Hall practice facilities and everything else like that. So it's going to be very interesting to see. I think they need to get it. I think that their roster isn't nearly as bad as it was um, in 2014 when, and when uh, Tressman and Emery went out the door. But I do think that it's going to take a fresh set of eyes and somebody that has a different way of building the team to be able to get this thing back on track and to be able to try to take advantage of Justin Fields' rookie win or, you know, the rookie contract within those first four years. And We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right now, with the cap situation, it's going to be really hard to be able to do anything. And if Ryan Pace stays, I would assume that he's going to continue to make desperate moves. And I just don't see how that's going to work out for them. Yeah, and I'm with him in the same boat. I would point to, you know, Ryan Pace has made some good moves in his tenure here at the Chicago Bears. He's also made some horrendous moves. And those horrendous moves should outweigh the good moves because it's it's strung them with the cap over the past couple of years. He's moved money down the line you know, with um, additional years that they're going to have dead cap hanging out. Um, they're going to have, you know, money. They're going to have to eventually pay these players and it hurts their cap situation. 
And that's not even really including the bad deals that he's given out. When you look, you know, you traded for Nick Foles, gave up a draft pick and, you know, signed him to a, a deal. You, you spent a lot of money on Jimmy Graham. Um, you know, the Robert Quinn deal didn't look great at first. He's kind of turned around. He's been, you know, arguably one of their best defensive players this year, but you know, some of these moves have tied him to this roster that is not, you know, very good in certain spots. And the biggest weakness on the defense is defensive back in the nickel. And they just do not have anyone that can start opposite of Jalen Johnson. They don't have anyone that can back up Jalen Johnson or the other starter. And they don't have anyone behind them that are capable of coming in and legit playing in this game. Now, you know, you saw Kendall Villar start the year. You saw Duke Shelley start the year. And they found out pretty quickly here that Kendall Wilder is really not a good outside defensive back. He, he's really struggled. Can he turn it around down the line? Yeah, but that shouldn't have been the plan going into the year. And then you look at the nickel, and essentially there's their 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 um plan was where we're going to go with Duke Shelley, uh, what a fifth round pick, a sixth round pick a couple of years ago, and Marquis Christian. And they really didn't name a starter, and they trot out Marquis Christian in week one against the Rams. And you could clearly tell he can't play that position. He is not very good at that position. And then again, you know, the lack of talent in the secondary backfired against the Ravens. They've had busted coverages all season long in that secondary. And it goes back to cat mismanagement, having to let go of someone like Kyle Fuller and going in with a plan that is not very good. See, I'm, I'm out on Ryan pace. I don't think he should be brought back. And, you know, the whole argument of, well, you know, he, he, the coaches aren't doing him any favors and he hasn't really, you know, he's brought in a lot of talent. Yeah. Also look, you know, when you look at these day two, day three picks, a good amount of them are not on the roster or on other teams. I mean, the two biggest ones, Adrian Amos is, is on green Bay. They didn't pay him. And then you look at someone like Jordan Howard, who they let go and rightfully so, but he's on another team. So yeah, it's, it's just, uh, I, I don't think he should be brought back. I think, they need to kind of just hit the reset button on everything, coaching, GM, and they need to make changes upstairs too. Uh, I'm not saying the McCaskies have to sell the team or anything like that. For the love of God, they got to get some football people into that building to turn things around. I mean, you look at Pittsburgh, you look at Baltimore, um, Green Bay, those are teams that are year after year after year are consistently among the, the league's best or in the playoff picture at the very least. And they have football people in their organization. They do things right. They care. They make the right moves. And yes, they've been you know blessed with quarterback talent. But at some point, you have to have a GM and football guys in there to make the right pick at quarterback. And I think the Bears did with Justin Fields. It's just they, they blew a big opportunity a couple of years ago that kind of set them back, and that's got to be the glaring mistake on Ryan Pace's resume. Well, and I think the other part is, like you just said, you know, people people make the argument, well, the coaches have done him no favor. Well, who hired the coaches? Exactly. And that, how many no, offensive coaches have we had in here to help out with his offense? I mean, Mark Helfrich, they, they, they fired um, Harry Heastand. You know, they had um, the, the quarterback coach. I can't think of his name. Um, uh, Dave Ragone. Dave Ragone in here. Now they got, you know, John D. Filippo, I think is doing a great job, but they've also brought in Bill Lazor. You know, they, they have a lot of cooks in that kitchen in the Ryan Pace era. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's kind of my thing is like, you know, at a certain point, it all reflects back on the general manager. The general manager is the one that put him in the cap situation. The general manager is the one who has let talent bleed off the roster. Of course, he's going to add talent when he's in a rebuild and when he has a bunch of money to work with. Okay, cool. But 
maintaining the window is all a part of that. And the fact that he maintained that window for one year and it slammed shut says a lot. And that's the other thing is I, you know, I've seen a bunch of people make arguments of, well, really his only bad draft misses have been, you know, Trubisky and Kevin White. And it's like, well, no, not really. Because if you, if you go back and you look at some of their other, you know, look at some of their other high round picks, Adam Shaheen, Jonathan Bullard, you know, it's like the list goes on and on and on. And I think the other issue, I, I think for the most part, Ryan Pace has been a pretty quality drafter. My biggest issue with Ryan Pace drafting is that he does not value draft picks. He goes for quality over quantity, and that rarely ever works out. We're seeing it all the time over these last few draft classes with him where he would rather trade away picks to, you know, the, to, you know, make trades and do, you know, do whatever he's going to do, whether it's trading up, whether it's trading for Khalil Mack. And it's like at a certain point in time, your roster gets older because you don't have the draft picks. And well, guess what? The bears moving into week one had the second oldest roster in the NFL. And that's what happens. I mean, we're talking again. I mean, they came out of this rebuild in 2018. We're sitting here three years later and the bears have went from one of the youngest rosters in the league to one of the oldest rosters in the league. And they also have one of the most expensive rosters in the league. Well, what does that tell you? That tells you that the general manager has not done a good job of maintaining uh, talent for one. And it also means that he has not done a good job maintaining young talent and drafting well, or having enough draft picks. And, you know, in this particular case, that all goes to a part of the valuation. And it's just, I don't think this is what I will say with Ryan Pace. I don't think that ownership has done him any favors with putting him in basically two different situations the last two years with basically saying, Hey, we need you to win and do whatever you need to do to get it done. Because the reality of it is, is the bears have continually backed themselves in the corner. I mean, we've talked about it. I've talked about it on Twitter multiple times. The bears have continually dug themselves in a massive hole in terms of cap space where it's really hard to get out of that kind of thing. And they don't have the roster. They don't have the established quarterback like Drew Brees, like they do in new Orleans where Mickey Loomis was able to, you know, basically maintain a window of, you know, competition for, you know, 10 plus years while also somehow magically, you know, unbearing themselves out of a massive cap hole from year to year and be able to sign free agents and do what they needed to do. They don't, you know, and obviously we're kind of seeing it this year. It's starting to fall apart a little bit with Drew Brees not being there and it's going to do nothing to get worse. But again, I just, I think that this is kind of one of those situations where, I think a lot of Bears fans have to kind of reflect and say, is Ryan Pace the worst general manager out there? No, I, I still think he is probably, in my personal opinion, he's definitely bottom half. I would say that he's bottom third at this point. Um, but I think when you really look at it and say, okay, we've watched the same thing happen, you know, quite a bit over the last 10 plus years where we've seen the cycle of the general manager run out. We've seen the cycle of the head coach run out. We've seen the cycle of a regime run out with, you know, with uh, Tressman and, and Emery. And obviously it's not to that level. And I know people want to act like it is. It's not to that level, but at the same time, we obviously know that the course has run its way with Nagy. I think Nagy is in way over his head in terms of an offensive-minded coach. Uh, And then obviously, again, you look at Ryan Pace, and I think you have seven years worth of a body of work to be able to say, okay, he came in, he rebuilt this team, and yet what do they get out of it? They got two, they got basically one winning, winning season out of it. They got two playoff appearances with the, you know, in this last one with the expanded playoffs, no playoff wins and nothing to show for it. And their roster is again, not as bad as it was when Ryan Pace took over, but it is definitely one of the worst, you know, I would say bottom, 
I would say bottom seven in the league right now. And, you know, it's just, again, I think this entire thing has run its course. I think you have to bring in fresh set of eyes both ways. I think the focus needs to be on the development of Justin Fields and putting everything around him possible to make sure that he's in a position to succeed. And as we've seen with Ryan Pace and some of his issues and, you know, and his, his, I guess his low points is the fact that he has not, particularly been good at adding talent along the offensive line. He's not been good at drafting offensive tackles. He's not really been overly good at adding receiving talent. He hasn't been good at identifying tight end talent, you know, really, you know, it's, he did a good job of building the roster to a certain extent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But I think when you look at the the body of work of Matt Nagy over the last, you know, four years or three plus years at this point, I think that you can probably give a lot more credit to Vic Fangio's defense and how they've done things defensively than you can to anything else. And I, again, I just, I firmly believe that this cycle has run its course. It's time to move on. And it's really hard to feel comfortable in general, just because this is the bears we're talking about and we see the same cycle. And I think that's not going to change until they either get a new ownership that understands football a little bit better or B, like he pointed out earlier, if they get, you know, if they kind of reorganize the front office a little bit and get a real football person. in, I think that could be another thing. But with that being said, I don't think that Ryan Pace should be moved out of the general manager spot and moved into a president of football operations. I don't think you, if you have failed in your position doing that, I do not think it is smart to have him being a boss over anybody or being anybody's equal in that regard. I think if you're going to bring in a president of football operations, it needs to be somebody outside of the organization. If you want to let them decide what's going to happen with Matt Nagy, great. But I just, I don't know, man. I just, I don't think that the, I don't think that the bears have a very good ceiling and I don't think they're ever going to be a Super Bowl caliber team with either of these guys in their, in their spots, obviously not Matt Nagy, but I don't even think Ryan Pace is, is, is built for this. I think everything's just kind of run its course at this point. Yeah. And you know, they need to make changes. Uh, it's clear. You, you can't keep trotting this out. You know, Matt Nagy's system on offense just doesn't work and it just feels like they're just kind of going in circles and you know last offseason I thought they should have done it um they opted to bring both back with that kind of crazy um press conference that they had at the end of the season and it just hasn't worked out and yeah the Bears have had a really tough schedule they didn't land Justin Fields but you know there's also been games that they they've could have won here over the past couple weeks and for me it all goes back to there's no improvement made and you know they beat the Lions I get that good for them the end of the losing streak but man they did not look impressive out there was no time maybe one or two times in that game right I looked and like man they actually looked impressive and the one or two times was maybe a specific play by someone um other than that it's just like the offense struggled to move the ball and let's be real here I'm pretty sure you agree with me on this as well if the Lions weren't the Lions and Dan Campbell doesn't find ways to screw up everything like he does the bears lose that game because they looked awful and then they let a jared goff who to me that guy did not even look close to being 100 healthy kind of not pick them apart but make plays when he needed to and you know find a way to keep the lions in the game it's just the lions are the lions and they're always going to struggle and always going to do this and luckily for the bears that's what happened but if it was any other team we're probably looking at a six game losing streak and you know, it goes back to they can't beat a backup quarterback. And, they, you know, they struggle with a team, you know, an 0-9-1 Lions team a week later. 
it's probably going to get ugly on Sunday at Soldier Field. And I think the Bears' best chance is that it does rain, it is, does get kind of cold and, you know, kind of a crappy playing service. And the Bears can kind of use the, the weather to their advantage in a way. Because if not, I mean, I don't see how Kyler Murray and how this Cardinals team just doesn't, you know, pick them apart and cover that eight-point spread. Well, especially with the fact that they're just not – the Bears are not a healthy team right now, and, and the Cardinals are getting healthy. I mean, they've missed – I mean, just to give you an idea, they've gone 2-1 and one over the last three games without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, they're still a winning football team even without two of their best offensive players. You put those guys back in the mix, and I, I, I just – man, they're just – they're one of the best teams in NFL. I mean, really, like in terms of record, they are the best team in the NFL, but I think when everything levels out and when the season ends, I still think that they're going to be up towards the top. And it, it's funny. It's, it's crazy to think about this, that this time last year, the Bears and the Cardinals were battling in, in Minnesota as well. We're all battling for that seventh, you know, that seventh and final wild card spot. And, you know, basically the Bears ended up winning it because they had the tiebreaker and they both finished eight and eight. And, you know, the Cardinals obviously, you know, lost their last game of the season. And so did the Bears. And then you look at the transition from last year to this year and you see the differences between the two teams and the fact that one team is ascending and the other team is in a free fall. And it's just it's crazy to think about. But I mean, yeah, the Cardinals are a really good team. They've had their own injuries. J.J. Watts out for the year. Obviously, I just mentioned, you know, a few other names that they've been missing. But I mean, they're just they're a really well-balanced team, both offensively and defensively. It's going to be a really tough game for the Bears. I mean, there's a reason that they're eight point dogs at home. I mean, that's just there's that's really all there is to it. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, and you know, like you said, the Cardinals are the, one of the better teams in the NFL, and they've been able to get it done here over the past couple of weeks without two of their best players. And, you know, the Bears, like you said, last year, they were kind of battling the Cardinals for that final playoff spot. And at times, you know, the Cardinals didn't look like they're moving forward. But, you know, a year, uh, another offseason of Kyler Murray getting better, you know, acquiring DeAndre Hopkins two off seasons ago was huge. And they're kind of building around, you know, they added talent to their defense. They almost should be kind of a blueprint of what the bears need to do. Go out and get a young offensive minded head coach to pair with your quarterback who's going into a second year, kind of fix a defense on the fly. Um, Arizona has drafted a couple of really good pieces in their defense, but they've also gone out and gotten, you know, they spent some money to get key pieces like JJ Watt out there and bringing in some veterans on defense while adding to their offense. The Bears have to build around their offense. 
they can kind of patchwork that defense up this offseason in my eyes um, because they'll have enough talent to kind of mask that. They do need a defensive back. Um, They probably need to find another inside linebacker. But in terms of retooling defense, I would focus on the offense first, and I would surround Justin Fields with as many weapons as you can. Go get him a veteran wide receiver that's good. You know, spend money on one. Go draft a wide receiver. Add a couple pieces, maybe gap on the offensive line. Find you an interior offensive lineman. And I think, you know, if they do that and they get a competent head coach, they could surprise some people next year. But as it stands now, man, I think it's going to get ugly to end this season, and, and I don't see – really a path for Matt Nagy to kind of survive. Like I said, it would have to take a playoff run in the offense to make significant strides. Cause you look at this offense, they are almost dead last in every major category outside of rushing statistics still. I mean, they're, they're, you know, with the likes of Houston and Detroit and Jacksonville, and those are all teams in full rebuilds teams that, you know, have some promising pieces, but also do not have very good roster and it's a shame because I think the Bears do have talent on the roster. I just think it's this coaching staff and um, the scheme that's kind of holding them back. But yeah, that's just that's kind of where I'm at with it. And you know, I, I you know, what, you and I were going to have multiple talks about this because I do think they're going to make a move to kind of make an interesting offseason. Uh, but yeah, before we wrap things up, Aaron, we should probably talk about this game a little bit more and kind of how we think it's going to go down because, like I said, I, I don't think the Bears are going to be able to stick in this game. And we won't know yet if it's Justin Fields or Andy Dalton. And to me, it doesn't really matter because I don't think the Bears have the offensive firepower to win a shootout. And I just don't see Chicago's defense slowing down DeAndre Hopkins, slowing down Kyler Murray um, and that Cardinals offense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just one of those situations where, yeah, I agree. I mean, I just don't they, – the Bears are not healthy enough, nor are they well-coached enough to be able to hang in games. I mean, we've seen it all year where these, these crazy results come out of nowhere and, you know, bad teams beat good teams. And, but the bears have just not been that in the Matt Nagy era. I mean, just to kind of give you an idea, I mean, looking at the injury report, you had Mario Edwards, Jr. Marquise Goodwin, Akeem Hicks, Sam Kamara, Cole Komet, Allen Robinson and Roquan Smith. And what was it? Damian Williams. All of those guys didn't practice. Justin Fields was limited Deshaun Gibson had a chest injury, but he was full. I mean, that that just kind of gives you an idea outside of the fact that they already have, uh, you know, they already have their issues in terms of, you know, Khalil Max out. Um, you know, they've just, it's just, it's one of those situations where the Bears are banged up and they don't seem to be getting any healthier. And uh, I, I just, I don't know, man, like you pointed out, I think the big thing is right now, and we've kind of talked about this, in order for the Bears to win any games, their defense is going to have to play well enough to keep them in those games and limit the scoring. And this is not the type of offense that I think the bears are going to be able to limit. And it's just really kind of where it's at. And I mean, defensively, the Cardinals are, you know, a good unit as well. Maybe they're not, you know, tops in the leagues, like they were tops in the league, like they were earlier in the year, but they have a really good, they just have a really well-rounded team. And, you know, in terms of matchups, I don't know that this favors the bears in any way, shape or form. I do think kind of something you pointed out, you said that the, you know, one of the only statistics, uh, statistical categories that they are not last in is their running game. But if you look at their running game over the last two weeks, in terms of just purely running backs, 
they haven't been overly successful. And I think that's another thing. I mean, you go back to that game, uh, you know, on Thanksgiving, they threw the ball a ton. Andy Dalton had, what was it, like 230 or 240 yards passing, and he threw the ball like 28 times going in the, you know, coming out of the first half of the game. It's like, that's just, to me, that's where you're not really understanding the strengths of your team and understanding what, you know, what works best. But I think, again, the biggest key offensively is, they have been all the whole drives. I mean, there hasn't been a ton of ugly three and outs throughout the year for the most part. It's the fact that they get down, you know, into opponent's territory and they find ways to blow it, whether it's settling for field goals, whether it's, you know, penalties pushing them back and all of a sudden they're out of, you know, out of field goal range or out of scoring range or whatever it may be. They just find ways to punish themselves and they can't get out of their own way. So I think, really, you know, the defense is obviously, I think, going to be the biggest key in this game. But I think offensively, if they're going to stand any chance, I mean, they're going to have to get into somewhat of a slugfest. And I just, I don't know, I just don't see how the Bears are built, uh, you know, to do that on either side of the ball at this point. I think if anything, they're going to have to rely on Kyler Murray being a little rusty after the last few weeks and hope that maybe he's not as mobile and that he's not as sharp, kind of like we've seen with Russell Wilson over the last few weeks. But my guess is that they've been playing it really safe uh, because the Cardinals know they're going in the playoffs and they know that, you know, they're in the mix for the number one seed and they can still get that by. And they've just been playing it safe with their players. I mean, we saw the bears do that back in 2018 as well. So they're playing it smart right now. And, you know, obviously they can afford to do so. And I mean, needless to say for the bears, yeah, they, they, they may be one game out of the last wild card spot, but at the same time, I mean, they have so many tiebreakers that they would lose because of their conference record or even head-to-head at this point. Really, what it's going to come down to is this is a – I mean, every every game until they're really truly out of it is a must-win game for them. The Bears needed a lot more. I just don't see how either side of the ball is going to stack up favorably for them. Yeah, and you said it, you know, how bad is the NFC <laughs> that the Bears are – I think they're – are they a game out of the last wild card spot or something like that? Half game. Um, yeah, they're yeah, a game out right now. Yeah. Right? Not counting tiebreakers, obviously. Not, yeah, not counting the tiebreakers with two in hand against Minnesota. Um, they obviously don't have the tiebreaker against San Francisco, but it's like the NFC is so bad at the bottom. Like they are pretty good at the top. I'd say, you know, the Packers and Cardinals are legit Super Bowl contenders in my eyes. I never count out Tampa Bay, especially with Tom Brady. And Dallas is a team, I think, you know, once they kind of figure it out here, they could get on a run. But other than that, I mean, they got like a bunch of random teams. Like the Eagles could go out and look really good one week, and they just look god-awful the next. And the Giants just, you know, they beat the Eagles, but they've lost, you know, some other miserable games. And it's just crazy how bad the NFC actually is that the Bears, you know, are in that graphic for in the hunt. I mean, that's just – when I saw that on – was it Sunday Night Football – and they had the in the hunt, in the playoff type graphic. I was like, the Chicago Bears' entire existence pretty much over the last, what, 10, 20 years has just been in the hunt in that graphic. They can never be, you know, outside of the one or two times, a couple times where they've been at the top. They can just never be, you know, around that. They're always in the hunt because somehow, some way, they'll find a, a way to win a game and their team will get upset and they'll just kind of be there. But I think that kind of all ends this week. I, I think Arizona wins. And, you know, it might not be the worst thing in the world if the Bears lost here because if Arizona wins, you know, they'll, they'll have another, uh, they'll have a full game up, I believe, on Green Bay, which Green Bay has a tiebreaker over them. So I guess Chicago could kind of help them. Obviously, we'd love to see the Bears win and do well, but, you know, it's not the end of the world if, if Chicago loses, especially with the pending changes that are going to head, uh, are going to come, you know, to, uh, down the line here in the offseason. 
But Aaron, I'll, I'll go with my prediction and my X factor first. I, I do think the Cardinals are going to win. Um, I think it's going to be like a 27-16 game. I think maybe the Bears will kind of get out, get a field goal or a touchdown early, kind of keep it close. But by the second quarter, maybe the, the Cardinals pull away and kind of hold off the Bears at the end. And no matter who is the quarterback, I really just don't trust this offense. I think Chicago's best bet here is going to be to get the run game going and keep Kyler Murray and the Cardinals' offense off the field as much as they can. Extend drives, get David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert going in the run game. Score when you get down to the red zone and hope, you know, maybe you pick off Murray, you get a turnover, maybe a special teams touchdown. I think that's kind of the only way to win it. And I, that's going to be kind of my X factors is find some, you know, wonky plays to, to work to your advantage for you to win this game. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm actually I think my score difference is going to be a little bit a little bit uh, you know, wider than yours. I'm going to go 31 I'll go 31-13 uh Cardinals. I don't even think the Bears are going to score two touchdowns in this game. Um yeah, I just again, I I don't see how this is going to work out in the Bears' favor. Usually they get into games like this and they get blown out. So that's exactly what I'm expecting to happen. I mean, there's just the the discrepancy between these two teams, the directions that they're heading, the talent level very, very, very different. Uh, I think my X factor for this game is going to be the defense. Like I said, I mean, in order for them to keep this game close, they're going to have to have a good defensive effort because they're not going to be able to get into an offensive shootout with the, with the Cardinals. It looks like Andy Dalton's going to start again. Again, I, you know, at this point, I don't think the offensive numbers really matter one way or another, whether it's fields, whether it's Dalton, I'm tired of, you know, playing, playing that game or having that argument. It is what it is. The offense has been bad regardless of who's been at quarterback. Um, but it's just, you know, it, the level of intrigue, I think for most bears fans goes drastically down when Andy Dalton's under center instead of Justin Fields. But yeah, I just, I, I think if, if this game's going to stay close, it's going to be because the bears defense has a fantastic game and maybe takes, takes advantage of Kyler Murray being a little bit rusty coming off missing three games. Yeah. And, and you know, that's kind of out there too. It would take, you know, like you said, a lot for that to kind of happen. I do think the Cardinals are playing it safe with Murray because they did kind of have that little bit of that comfort um, and we're able to win games with, you know, Colt McCoy out there. So yeah, I, I think we're both on the same page here. Cardinals win and um, we'll see how it gets for the bears. I mean, I'm sure there'll be more report, reports and rumors about job status is moving forward and everything will be kind of interesting here as we hit the final end of the, you know, final month of the season and we'll have it all covered for you as, as well on the podcast and the homepage. So, Aaron, where can I want to follow you on Twitter at? Yeah, you can follow me at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. And you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at just Bear Report. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. As always, you can read my work, everyone else's work on thebearreport.com. Subscribe um, to this podcast and Picks for Pace on all major podcasting platforms. And until next week, everyone, please stay safe. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.